Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. So we're here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm having a chat with my friend Gwen Groon. We've known each other for quite a few years. I was, yes. I was trying to think about how long... Um, Seven years? Seven years. Seven years. Seven or longer. Yeah, yeah. So Gwen um, and her husband bring leadership to the Greater Ontario House of Prayer, which is um, the community that I was involved with in Hamilton. So when I moved to the UK, I left it in Andy and Gwen's capable hands. Um, But I'm back visiting. And uh, so I just thought, while I'm here, we'll have a a chat. So (laughs) thanks, Gwen, for taking the time. So I'm going to ask you the question that I always ask people, like, why the OMS? Why did you join the order? I know you joined about a year and a half ago. So just talk to us about why it's important to you. I, yeah, I joined the OMS because I felt like it would be a structure that would help me better live out my faith. It seemed something that was simple enough, um, something that just broke it down, broke my faith down into the, the three core, you know, the three core, core vows and that those vows would be something that, that then I could customize in my rule of life. And I liked the intentionality behind that, like just making choices and goals for how, how I want to live as a Christian and having a structure to help me and a kind of account accountability system to help me live that out. It's a little bit of shape, a little bit of structure, mm-hmm. and uh, and, a, and a bit of a supportive framework, right? Just mm-hmm. to help you live the kind of life that you want to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. So, so talk to me about your phase of life right now. So, what does life look like for you? <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of small children. <laughs> I'm the mother of four. Uh, four kids, ages seven, six, four, and one, and also homeschooling. So I'm home full time, full time homeschooling, and yeah, it's loud and full of energy and <laughs> life and tears and all of the above. Yeah, yeah. Lots of opportunity yeah. for spiritual growth. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just say parenting is the great. Sanctifier, the great teacher, <laughs> sanding all our rough edges. <laughs> it's a bit of a crucible, but it's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk specifically with you a little bit around the table. Because, you know, when you come into your house, you kind of walk in. And one of the first things you see, you guys had a, you've got a big table in, in that you had... Yeah, you got that one recently, a couple mm-hmm. years ago, right? And so I, I know that the table is a centerpiece in your home. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would just love to chat with you um, about about the hospitality, the spiritual practice of hospitality, and the table, and what, what that all means for you. So tell me why you got a big table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, actually, we our house used to be set up in such a way that we had a very compartmentalized dining room and we could only fit a certain size table and that worked 
but we always felt limited with how many people we could have over because we could only fit a certain amount. And, um, and Andy, my husband, did a trip down to, to Kansas City and visited the... Um, the Nava Church. Yeah, the Nava Church community down there and was really inspired by this family that did hospitality and just had, had this amazing home that could house, house tons of people and this huge table. And he came home, and we'd been thinking of renovating for a while, but he came home and said, we need to do this renovation that we've thought about. We need to knock out these walls <laughs> so that we can have this huge table, or at least have the possibility of extending our table so we can fit more people around. So, so, long so you're st- saying if people go down to Kansas City, they'll come back and get a <laughs> sledgehammer and start taking that yeah. to their homes. <laughs> yeah, and this 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 a bigger vision of what we could use our, our home for. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so we, so we were able to, to round up friends and did it as cheaply as possible, but we were able to renovate our kitchen and open up the dining space, um, and then got a table that we could put as many leaves in as we can, so we can open it up. And sometimes we've had 12, you know, 15 people around our table. So we got a table that we could put many leaves in and extend the table so we can fit a whole pile of people around it. Um, yeah, and it's been it's been really fun. And we host, for the Go Hop team, we host a weekly staff lunch, so we're able to fit a whole bunch of people at least once a week, and then other days too. Um, but, yeah, in, in my stage of life, being as we're a young, a young family, I find that our, our capacity to have people over, even though that's something I really want to do, we don't do it as much as we used to when we before we had kids or when we have fewer kids. So for me, hospitality right now is mostly just with my own kids and with my own husband. But I've learned to recognize that that is hospitality mm-hmm. too. And that how we relate to one another around the table is a, is a training ground for them when they leave our home and join other people's tables or host others at their table, they're learning practices around the mealtimes and the importance of eating together. So it's, you know, it's important. It's an important time, even though we're not, it's not like our, we're always having people in and out all the time because mm-hmm. we, we do need to protect our, our own family time too and protect those rhythms. So finding that balance. Talk to me about, um, use the word practices. So tell me what some of your practices around the table are. What are some of the rituals, some of the things you guys do together around the table when you gather for a meal? Mm-hmm. You and your four children, and occasionally your husband. Yes. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's At the there. end of the day, he joins. <laughs> yeah, it's an important time of, of coming together. Um, we always start by setting a table, even, you know, breakfast and, and lunch are more casual and dinner. We try to make a little more, um, special, mm-hmm. but for, I notice you have candles at dinner. Yeah. You've got candles and you light them and yeah. Yeah. So there's the ritual around setting the table and it's, it's chaos. I, I, I mean, I will totally admit that. Like I say it's a ritual, but it's not a a perfectly harmonious ritual. It's, there's a lot of like, okay, messy, messy yeah, it's a messy there's ritual, still, yeah. but we still do it. And yeah, clear off whatever's been used that day. 
I mean, I'll give the example of supper because that's, you know, more of, we put more emphasis into that meal. Um, you know, setting placemats and I get the kids to help with the table setting as much as possible so that they're also, cause I just need the help. I can't do it all on my own. And it's good for them to learn mm-hmm. to help out. So set the table, light candles. We usually have some kind of seasonal, sometimes a seasonal centerpiece, like just to remind us of what's going on in, in nature. Um, and we had, we had name place, little place name things today or yesterday. Noah made us all like name tags for our spots at the table. Yeah. Yeah. So my eldest Noah likes when we have a bigger group and more, he likes to, uh, make name cards for people just to make the assigned seating. And then that it is also nice for a person when they come to the table to say, Oh, there's a spot. Just for me. With my name on it. With my name on it. And it's like this extra. And that that's only for special occasions, but that's a fun little detail. So our practices around the table, once we've actually gathered, we always begin with a prayer. Usually it's a song, because I find that that is a way that the kids can participate in the prayer more. But sometimes we do a spoken prayer, or we'll sometimes ask you know, appoint somebody to pray for the meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then start eating. And we try to then obviously have conversation. And we've, we've learned a few ways to, to help kids with conversation around the table. Um, I think the table is a really important way for kids to learn listening and, and manners. And, it, and it's more than just eating, but it's this whole, the social aspect of eating and, um, taking turns talking and asking good questions and those are things that we can we can model and teach for our kids so one thing we do that works well is we do go around the table and everyone shares a rose and a thorn and a bud so rose is what's the highlight of your day thorn was the low point and then a bud is something you're looking forward to the next day so that's something and then we really enforce the kids to uh, listen when other people are talking and take their turn. Um, it's just tricky when there's four of them. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes they yeah they talk over each other and and one point might it might spark spontaneous conversation, but yeah. we'll, then we'll try to bring it back and it, and it'll make sure that everybody gets equal time to share because we've noticed that there's more talkative people at the table and some in our family and our just our own family of six and some more quiet ones that just won't end up saying anything unless they're given a space to talk. So it's a way of facilitating that makes sure that everybody gets time to talk. Um, Yeah, so that, trying to think what else for the questions. I I think in the morning too, you have a a devotional time at the table, don't you? Yeah, for a while I was, yeah, I I haven't done it recently, but I was, was reading a psalm in the morning for a while and that was a good um a good practice lately we've been doing um a bible story after supper so which andy my husband will read uh read to the kids and because i'm i homeschool with them it's nice uh for that to be something that that dad that andy andy can do with them um and to do that as a family once he's home so we just we have a few children's Bibles that we work through, so they know that after supper they have to stay sitting down until we've read the story, and then we'll close with a prayer. Um, so that's kind of our family 
yeah, our family devotion time. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't happen every night. Like we aim for every night, but sometimes we miss a night or we miss two nights, but we just try to, okay, we've missed a few nights because of whatever so-and-so was sick or we had Jill and Kirk visiting this event or <laughs> but like let's try to yeah. get that going again and so it's important not to get discouraged when because yeah. life happens and routines get thrown off by things and that's normal but then just just getting right back into it and yeah starting with something um yeah so the kids do sit at the table and they've learned to to sit until the bible story is read if it at supper if it's during the day when it's just me and we're we're not doing the Bible thing after supper, then they still have to. There's a pro, you know some rules that uh, before they can leave the table, they have to ask to be excused. They have to thank the person who cooked, you know, which during the day is me. They have to thank <laughs> thank me for the meal, and and take their own dishes away. So helping you know helping to clear the the table. Um, so there's lots of learning that's happening. Yeah. And with with children, it's there's there's so much repetition and reminding that is required, but it's worth it because eventually, you know, with my oldest, like he doesn't need as many reminders as the younger ones because these things have he's been doing them since he was really little, and then the younger ones start to then learn from the older ones too. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, we had it the other just the other day when the staff, um, the GoHop staff team was over. And our oldest, Noah, was asking all these questions to the whole table full of adults. Like, how was everyone's day? And <laughs> did anything interesting happen in your weeks? Like, in your week? Like, asking these very mature-sounding questions. And it was just this moment of, like, oh, okay, something has stuck here that, you know, these just conversation skills are something that need to be taught. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So lots of shaping, lots of formation time together, even cultivating the spirituality of your family, not only in some study and prayer together, but spirituality in terms of just how we are with each other, mm -hmm. right? All of that stuff is, is happening at the table. What's the biggest challenge, you know, the biggest hospitality challenge, the biggest table challenge for you as mm -hmm. a family? Yeah, for me, it at the, at the supper time, it is, it's hard for me to want to be fully present because it, that's my most tired time of the day when I've been at it all day with the kids and then um supper time can kind of feel like this okay one more thing to <laughs> we're nearly there one we're more ritual to get through <laughs> Bedtime is coming. yeah it's like <laughs> we're almost at the finish line and yet and and yet I know it's also this really special time of the day too or it's you know it's so but then the reality of just tiredness and kids screaming, and it's hard. And it's a hard time a day for kids too because they're they're not at their best at supper time at mm -hmm. all. Like they're they're tired too. So, um, yeah, which is why we don't have a lot of people over at supper time because it's not <laughs> anyone's best hour, <laughs> and it's very difficult to get adult conversation in that's not interrupted. And what we've learned with the adult conversation is just that's not the place to have exclusive adult conversation. When there's kids around the table, it's not fair to them for adults to be trying to kind of talk over them or, um, yeah. I, lo I love what Elijah said at lunch yesterday. He was like, only talk about what we can understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he wants to be 
part of the conversation. Yeah. Right? He doesn't want to be excluded. And I think that's a big... I think that's, that's something that's so important in hospitality mm-hmm. and good hospitality is inclusive. Mm-hmm. Good hospitality is making space, making the, the, the host, what's happening at the table accessible for everybody at the table. Mm-hmm. And those kinds of lessons are maybe feel more challenging in this phase of life. Mm-hmm. But, but I think our, our children are good teachers, mm-hmm. right? You know, in terms of letting us know how... What, what they need and, and I don't yeah, know. and how they feel included or not included. And they feel right, they know right away when we're, yeah, we're talking about something that they, that that's way over their head and they, they, they don't like it. And often they start acting out, like I think just attention seeking because they feel ignored at, at the table. So, um, yeah. And I would say that what I was, when I was talking earlier about the, the exhaustion piece and not having the energy every night, you know, feeling like I don't have anything left by supper time to be present and engaged. Um, you know, it's a good reminder that, that we need to be drawing on a greater source than our own strength and that, that, uh, yeah, that we can pull from the Holy Spirit within and finding that, finding strength when we didn't even think we had it to, Take a deep breath, and and sometimes it's a choice. Like in you know those supper times, and I really don't want to be eating at a table full of people. I'd rather be by myself in that moment if it's been a hard day or whatever. But to like in you know in that moment, choosing love and choosing patience and choosing to be kind. Yeah, choosing to be kind, <laughs> and, and and it is a choice because it doesn't always. It's not always something that you're inclined to do naturally in that moment. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the table really is a centerpiece in your home. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you do other stuff at the table in terms of the homeschooling and stuff, but your meal times together, your family cultivating your family spirituality together. I think it's interesting too when we think about Jesus' ministry. You know, the table was really a centerpiece. So much happened around tables. Mm-hmm. So much formation happened around tables. Like, he really was quite strategic in his use. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, there's even some of his stories where he's, you can tell by the parables, you tell he's been watching the social dynamic mm-hmm. around tables and who's included and who's excluded and who's mm-hmm. given preference and who's pushed to the side mm-hmm. and... And, and he uses those as illustrations, teaching us what life in the kingdom can look like and what barriers to life in the kingdom are. And so much has just learned at the table. Mm-hmm. So what, what's been the biggest lesson for you yeah, as you've been cultivating this place of hospitality with your kids, as you've been cultivating the table? What's the number one thing that you've, you've learned about maybe yourself or God or, or hospitality in general? Hmm... Yeah, that's a good question. That it's important to do and keep keep doing it, even when it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> keep doing it. Keep eating together. Um, a lot of people don't. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. many families eat in front of the television mm-hmm. or in front of their separate screens or, like, mm-hmm. the actual family table time, a family meal together is not the cultural mm-hmm. norm today. So even mm-hmm. if it's hard, 
I interrupted you. Sorry. Even yeah. if it's hard, keep doing it. Yeah, and keep doing it um, and expect... I mean, yeah, you asked me what, thing, what things I've learned, but to, to expect chaos. There, chaos is inevitable, and it's normal. Like, when you're eating together, it's not... You know, let go of the expectations of... To let go of expectations of perfection um, or just what it's supposed to look like, you know. Even with grown-ups. Yeah, it's just, it's not going to be perfect, and the food doesn't have to be perfect, and, but the point is that you're sitting around the table and you're facing one another, um, and I think, and kids need that more than we think they do, and they can't articulate that, but I know, you know, when we've had busy, busy mornings, like, one of my kids goes to kindergarten in the morning, so if he's been gone, and we've had activities, and then we're just coming around the lunch table, and it's just a simple midday meal it's nothing fancy but there's something about just and you know my husband's at work so just me and my kids but we're all facing one another and it's like this ah this breathing moment kind of in the day when we can check in with each other and yeah how is everyone's morning how is your morning how is like such and such and and it is it becomes an anchor point really in the day um yeah, and I've learned the importance of me actually eating with them too. Like they and stopping, it's an important time for me to stop and and eat. And it's tempting to be busy to kind of oh, okay, they're eating. I'm gonna go use this time for <laughs> something else or do dishes or something. But they don't. Everything falls apart when I'm not sitting there with them. Like it needs to be all of us sitting for it to be like what the full potential of what it can be. Yeah. And and they know when I when they have you know, when I'm present with them or when I'm not, they can they can tell. Um so yeah, the importance of presence, that face to face contact, checking in. This is that anchor point in our day when our there's all those ups and downs in our day, but having such a good healthy rhythm. Yeah. It's a good healthy rhythm. Can you um, maybe pray for our listeners? Maybe there's moms out there who, you know, haven't are struggling with hospitality in the context of their kids and the mm-hmm. table, and um, maybe there's people who don't have a table to sit at and people mm-hmm. to eat with. Um, yeah, maybe just just pray for us and and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to. Dear Lord, thank you for this this time together to talk about the subject of hospitality that is so near to your heart. Thank you that you are the perfect example of a host and that you are so open to us and welcoming us with open arms. And Lord, thank you that hospitality is so broad that we can be hospitable to those in our own immediate families and we can be hospitable to the stranger. And we can be hospitable through food, but we can also be hospitable in our in our everyday interactions and hosp- hospitable in our own hearts and having an openness. And Lord, I pray for those listening in every walk and stage of life, those who are single or married, those who have children or who don't, um, in those beginning, you know, the young adult walk and those later on in the years that you would help every person to find a way that they can that they can have an openness of their heart and home and what that and that you'd show them what that would look like um, 
and help us all to be attentive to the season of life that we're in and recognizing the grace in that season and also the limitations in that season help us to to be attentive to your leading and your guiding and that your your plans are good for us and that you have um, you have very smart ideas for how we can practice hospitality and smart ways that will be fitting for our personalities and fitting for our stages of of lives thank you lord in jesus name amen Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the Order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go.